This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well. But if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, oh, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. It's That's, okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to The Legend of Retro. This is your host, Chops. And this is Xander. And we have a very special episode for you today. Super duper special. This has been requested by Mm -hmm. people who called me out. Yep. Um, This is our Legend of Retro Relapse, where we realize... I like to call it a remix. No, we're just going to relapse. We're going to go back and... Uh, (laughs) It's a remix. It sounds cool. Okay. I messed up on the Maniac Mansion episode. I mean, there were some things that were accurate, but for the most part, they weren't. Sure, we'll say that. And in order to atone for my misgivings, what? Well, let's let's set the stage a little bit. Uh, so Thursday, the episode came out. You want to get so it? You just want to rip me apart on? No, this no. I've, I've, I've look. Like I said, I didn't know. I, it's been so long since I played the game. I didn't remember anything. So it was all one hundred percent on you, uh, who claimed you prepped. And oh, okay. um, the episode came out. And what happened? Um, the episode came out and. I got some feedback okay. from some people. Uh-huh. Um, names will not be mentioned. That okay. I missed some things. I got some things uh-huh. wrong. Yeah. And it sounded unprepared. Uh-huh. And I will agree. It was unprepared. Mm-hmm. I will not make excuses. Okay. I could have done better. All right. So to uh, to change and kind of go back and, and do have a redo, not really a redo because it's already happened, right. but to kind of make up for it, I... I I enlisted the help of someone who I originally wanted on that episode, but could not be there. So, so that's part of it. But okay. we're not making okay. excuses. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. keep going. So, what's that? What, so, what? so yeah. I, I have today uh-huh. a, a special guest yeah. who will help fix this whole thing. Okay. Yeah. And, and besides Maniac Mansion, which we will, you know, adjust, we are also going to talk about some very popular point-and-click adventure games in the LucasArts gallery. We'll call it. Okay. So, okay. With, is, is that is that okay? Is that a good? Yeah, I think. Is maybe, there anything I missed maybe. that you want to um, mention? So yeah, the glitch uh, had mentioned. Okay, I didn't want to say names. The glitch had mentioned some errors, some things that were mixed up. Um, and there was one other guy. Yes, this person is sitting right next. To yeah, me. he's back. The president of Motor City Gaming, mm-hmm. the man who sits in the high castle. Yep, LPJ. LBJ welcome, welcome to the Legend of Retro. Welcome, welcome back. back. First of all, <clears throat> we've been recording for how many minutes have we been recording so far? Uh, two minutes and forty-five two seconds. Two minutes and forty-five seconds. That's not without. That's without the intros and stuff like and, that. So when you're listening, it's going to be a little bit longer. Sure, sure, sure. But as far as we've been sitting here talking, yeah, you know, like like almost three minutes. Yeah, Traps has already got some things wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It didn't take long. It didn't take long. In fact, here's here's the real story. Of what went down last week. Okay. Sitting at my desk. Yeah. Now are you mind my own business? Let me let me ask you this before sure. you dive in. Sure. Do you do you listen to every episode? Are you No, I don't. No? I don't really listen to every episode I listen to. It's mostly because Chops is here, right? Nothing against me, it's just 
Well, yeah. Yeah, it's me too. I get that. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to listen to a second-rate version of myself. Okay. Oh God. This is not a stroke your ego podcast. I don't okay? need. No, I don't, whoa, whoa, whoa. don't talk to the guests like that. Let's let him have, yeah. let's let him have his, have his uh, word. First of all, I already need to correct today's episode. Okay. So here's that. how it went down. So I get this call a couple weeks ago from Chops, and he says, No, we're having trouble on the podcast. I can't get anything right. Oh, yeah. You, I forgot. This was it. This baby. Is, this Maybe is during, be on the show and save it. Because this, is, this is during my Jerry Lewis kick where I was really into I really, him. I have a hard time doing accurate research and, you know, really getting my point across. Right. I was and a little said, drunk, apparently. <laughs> and I, I get those calls a lot, too. Yeah, and I said, I said, Chops, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of busy, buddy. I have two children at home. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of cooking in the dinner. I work a fair amount. You know, I'm kind of a busy guy. I can't always be there to save you. Like right. I, like I like I have been doing for the past 20, 20, 20 some odd years. Right. Mm-hmm. So he says, oh, well, PJ, I really need you there. I just really need you there, man. And I said, Chops, I can't. I'm sure you'll be fine. What are you, what are you talking about? Oh, we're going to talk about Maniac Mansion. I said, oh, I love that game. I really... Would love to be there for the episode, but I, I'm fairly certain you can just Wikipedia some stuff and figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess. All right, so so fast forward to Thursday, the day the episode comes out, right? And I'm listening. I don't. I'm like, oh, well, I'm intrigued. I want to kind of hear what Chops had to say. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was fine. Within five minutes, he had gotten some things wrong. Okay. Right. And so I get through some of the episode, and I text him, and I say, Chops. You got a bunch of stuff wrong already. I trusted you to kind of handle this. And 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 he says, Well, it's your fault. You you weren't there to save me on my own show. It's, it's like, I don't talk like that at all, ever. You. I've never talked like that. Everybody thinks you sound like that. Oh, God. So, <clears throat> so I said, well, Chops, you can't blame me because you're an idiot. He said, oh, oh, oh okay. I need you to, what, what if you came on the next show and just kind of saved me again? And I said, okay. I'll save you again. Well, you didn't save me the first time, so there. I didn't think I had to. I was fairly certain you oh, okay. you had mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. big boy pantsed enough your life mm-hmm. to, you know, come out of Are we just going to get out. into the corrections instead of just kind of like, you know, making up a story? I needed to fix this episode and the story. So I, needless to say, I and your LPJ has returned to the airwaves to help save and rescue. This is a lot of pressure so the, on yourself, just so, so the, you know. So the way I remembered it was actually getting a message like, Xander, when are you guys recording again? And I was like, I think we're recording this Sunday. And you're like, I, I need to fix this. Yeah, that's what I said to you. Yeah. That's what I said to you. But okay. the conversation I had with okay. him. Much different. Okay. Sure. Right. Because, Lies. You know, Just straight up. Right. He's a lot whinier. Lies. Lies. You, I have respect for you. I know it wasn't your fault. Right. You. Are... I said it at the top of the episode. like, I've not played this in a long time. Sure. Here's sure. A, I'm going to bring out Steven if you guys don't stop. Okay. I, know how, I know how prepared you are. Yeah. Right. You know how much Xander loves Steven. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Well, you need to listen more often. All right. Well, you know, I'd listen more often if maybe I could be guaranteed that you wouldn't get things wrong and infuriate me. Oh, okay. Uh, So it's a quality issue. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is listen to a podcast that pisses me off. I'm a very busy man. I have lots of podcasts to listen to, lots of work to do. I'd like to remove stress from my life. And knowing that you've made a complete mess of your own show stresses me out. Just get on with it. Let's let's get into the meat and potatoes. The of music sounded good, though, right? Here. In the background of of the episode. Well, he didn't finish listening to it. Oh, that's I never have a problem with the music. Okay, the music's always. Great. I mean, I made sure I put all the characters' themes. Yeah, no, yeah, that was good. It was because the music's important. The music yeah. actually brings, you know, a sense of uh, individuality to each uh, each player. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, so I guess I don't know where you guys want to start. You want to start at the beginning? Where? Yeah. Let's. Uh, so, just tell us where we went astray. All right. So. <clears throat> Sorry, First of all, tell us you, where he went astray, not we, because Xander didn't help me prepare for the episode at all. Sure. Right. So, well, I don't, I don't right. Usually, usually we prepare our own episodes. Oh, I is it? Is that how it works? Yeah. Usually, that how, mm-hmm. usually, that's usually how it works? Yep. Like last time. Yeah. Like last time uh-huh. when you prepared when, the episode. When, yeah. So uh, <laughs> inside baseball here for you guys, uh, there were supposed to be two episodes recorded last time, and I uh, chose a game, and I felt I wasn't prepared enough. So I told Chops, I said, listen, <clears throat> I don't have enough to bring to to give us a quality episode. So let's maybe not do this episode now. We'll do it later. You're a jerk. This is what happened. This I told is... you. 
hate. And you're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I here? Is this? Am I here? Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Just a little bit. Can we focus, please? All right. Focus. And go. Maniac Mansion. Yes. Maniac Mansion. So this is the worst. So chaps, you made mention that it was it was an NES game. Mm-hmm. What you didn't mention is it was among other types of games, but yes, right. But you didn't you didn't highlight the fact that this obviously was first and foremost a PC game, ported okay. over to the NES in the last iteration of the game. Okay. So I went through other I went through other things first: Commodore, Apple IIe, other system, other other computer based games, gaming systems. The NES was last, right? Now, <clears throat> what you also didn't mention is the basis of the game. The game, the game itself was created because Lucasfilms, before they were LucasArts, Lucasfilms wanted to create a game that focused more on the storytelling. What happened was previous previous adventure games, which were not called point-and-click adventure games at the time. They were just adventure games. They were just adventure games. They were text-based. So you had a command line, you had to type a command, and then your character went and did what it needed to do. Like Zork. Zork was a command line. Yeah, like uh, that. Or I would say more closely to um, this would Baldur's, be like... No, no, sorry. King's Quest. Or King's Quest. Or it's the, the original King's, King's Quest The King's series. Quest games, right. Made by Sierra. Sierra was kind of the preeminent adventure game company at the time. Well, the later ones were, were point and click. Right, but yeah. they weren't, again, let me get to this. They weren't called point and click games until Maniac Mansion came out because of something called the Scum Game Engine. Okay. In fact, game engines in general were not a thing that, were u- that was used. These guys created basically the game engine. So there are game engines that were used for arcade cabinets, just kind of basic... You know, we have a we have a, a, a shooter game like Galag like Laga. Mm-hmm. You know, they would take that basic aspect of it and then put different not really different skins on it, but different sprites in there. It, it was like a two system. Like you had a background and then you had a foreground. Background, right? foreground, and and, was... and the elements of shooting in it. Right, right. So they didn't have to make the same game. So they didn't have to to remake the game over and over again. But Maniac Mansion, they created the Scum system called specifically. The script creation utility for Maniac Mansion. That's what SCUM stands for. They wanted to remove your need to kind of guess syntax on command lines because you had to guess how to type things to, to actually get your player to do things. You could type, you know, walk to this or, you know, run to this, run to something. But if you didn't have the syntax correct, it wouldn't do it, even though you were typing the right command that you wanted to do. You had the, right, you, the right verb. You didn't have the right verb. You didn't have the right just syntax you know because it was basically a command that you were typing in there like programming and what happens is you end up kind of taking yourself out of the story of the game and you're focusing more on the minutiae of running the game versus the actual story of the game so obviously lucas lucas films run by george lucas a man who focuses all of his effort on storytelling um really wanted to create an environment in gaming that reflected the way films were presented to not remove people from the actual game and actually focus them on the story itself. Um, what it also did was, so, so the scum VM the, or the scum, uh, the scum game engine was then carried over to every other point and click game in LucasArts lineup. Any, any game they, they produced later on was using the scum game engine. And that's when things, that's when games became point and click because you were truly pointing and clicking to things to interact with the environment. It was no more text-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that whole concept itself started the idea of cross-platforming. That's why a game like Maniac Mansion was very easily adapted to multiple systems and multiple platforms because the actual script language that it used was a, was generic enough to where they could implement it on any number of devices. So that's why you can very easily see it port over to NES um, and, you know, and Commodore and all those other games and PC <clears throat> because there wasn't a lot, of, a lot of recoding that had to be done. It was all done within the, within the Scum engine. Um, and it also allowed them to add different things on top of that, like the, like the music you were talking about, Xander. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the uh, they were able to embed better audio because the Scum Engine would would run sub programs, sub engines just for audio, <clears throat> and that led to future game development and other game developers copying that and then implementing it in their own games. And that's why after you see Maniac Mansion come out, you see more point and click games kind of explode, because at that point. They were, they were much more accessible to the general public because mm. they didn't have to worry about syntax. Um, you could port them to any number of devices for very low cost because you only really had to develop a game once versus having to cross-platform it and develop the game for multiple systems. And, and I'll say, as I, I lived past that generation, when I just played it on NES, sure. I don't necessarily know all that history. Well, and, 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 I'm, and I know you say I can research it, but th- to me that makes sense because I never really realized... How come there were so many when I was when I when you played the point and click games with me? Why there were so many different choices then, and I didn't really look into it before. But it's because there wasn't any. There was just the text based ones. That's right. So yeah. so that was the mid to late nineties. Right? It was no. It was the mid eighties. It was early nineties. Right. The, the, this the came out. In, this came out in nineteen nineteen. Well, originally this the first version of this was kind of available nineteen eighty five ish. Oh okay. But it really didn't. The version you 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 play now is like eighty seven. Okay. <clears throat> so they had early builds of the game for the earlier systems, but 87 is when they kind of kind of really hit. Um, and, uh, and you know, and that's what popularized point-and-click games. This the Maniac Mansion was the reason why games like Myst came out, why games like, you know, all the all the all the the, the later on the Sierra games like Leisure Suit Larry and all of those games. Sam and Max. Out. Sam and Max. I mean, that was LucasArts, but. But that's why all these games became popular. It's because they could very easily pick up the game, uh, players could very easily pick up the game, and and kind of immerse themselves in that world. Uh, and it's all due to this to this scum game engine. Um, and imagine imagine if there weren't game engines. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have. Uh, what's the most popular one used today? Unreal. The, Unreal. Unreal, yeah, Unreal and game yeah, engine. Yeah, Unreal game engine. Mm-hmm. You know that's and they now sell that to third yeah, parties yeah. and they use it for everything. They. Very easy. They didn't do it with the scum. They didn't really, really think about that aspect of it. But that's what led to creating of ga- of companies that literally just create engines. That's all they do. There's companies that out that go out that are out there. They just create game engines and sell them to other developers for them to put their skins and their mods onto mm-hmm. their games. That's 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 how important this game is to gaming in general. And that's the part that you missed. Okay. So I mean, other uh, small things are quick. Uh, <clears throat> quick fun fact, actually. Yeah. Uh, it was originally released on Commodore 64 and Apple II in 1987. Okay. Yep, and came to NES on uh, 1990. Okay, so I was a little off in the dates. Yep. Mm-hmm. But easily corrected. Well, we I, I, I won't attack you for it. You shouldn't. Um, and then that followed up, uh, that was followed up by Day of the Tentacle. Uh, Day of the Tentacle was a direct sequel to Maniac Mansion. Um, Which I didn't play. I played a little bit. I didn't play a ton of, ton of it. The important thing of that game was... It was really the first game that Tim Schafer was the lead on. Tim Schafer is the guy that helped design uh, Monkey Island games, Full mm-hmm. Throttle. Um, Psychonauts, Brutal Legend. Yes, yeah, Psychonauts, Brutal Legend, Broken Age. Um, he really developed the story and comedy aspect of these games. Um, and, uh, and as far as like Monkey Island goes... He kind of created that whole genre of, you know, mixing comedy with puzzle solving with action, and kind of creating a cinematic world within a game itself. No one had really a uh, movie like experience. Yeah, it never it was never really done before, and Tim Schafer kind of kind of led the charge on that. Well, and like in the maniac, like and I had mentioned before, they coined cutscenes. Yes, they coined the term cutscene. Yeah, which is pretty neat. Like to, to sure. imagine that term so, so prevalent nowadays. Mm-hmm being coined in a game, like you said, is very impactful on the game engine history. It's, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I agree. I was just pulling up some Tim Schafer things to see what else he's worked on. He's got a lot of cool What's stuff. What's hilarious is uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire mm-hmm. and Star Wars Episode One Racer, he's listed in the credits as, quote, never actively tried to sabotage the project. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because he was, he was one of the guys in charge of Lucas LucasArts. Mm-hmm. You know, he really ran things over there. Yep, and then he opened Double Fine and then started doing his own stuff. Mm-hmm. So is, is that it that I got wrong on the game? Is there more you want to get into that game specifically before we move on? Or did the glitch say something about uh, about the hamster thing we got wrong? I thought maybe he... Well, he had mentioned uh, he wanted to go over, like, he was looking forward to how many different ways you could die. Oh, okay. And and taking the hamster body and showing it to... Ed? Was it Eddie? 
And I, and I think he killed you, basically? Yeah, it was uh, not the doctor. It was the doctor's son. Yeah. But basically, you put the hamster in the microwave, and that was, and then you show him the dead remains, and he's very upset. Right. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, I couldn't remember many of the other ways to die, but I don't know if you do. I Not off the top of my head. I mean, I, really the only, when I played it through, I only played it through with three specific characters, and honestly, I haven't played in such a long time, I don't even remember. And I remember the path to beat it was you eventually got the meteor in the trunk of the car and, you, and then blasted the car into outer space. Yeah. And then it, and it was only for these three specific characters that, that that's how you beat the game. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to beat it, too. I don't remember what they were, though, because I never really... I played the game, actually, on a bootleg version that was loaded onto uh, my friend's computer. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And that's how we. That's actually how we played all of our point and click games at first. And the only way I played it was you borrowed the cartridge from your friend Joe. Jody we, had it. On Jody, yes, yeah. Yep. I, we never owned it, but no. I remember asking you a few times to borrow it. Yes. From him, so that I could play it. Yes, and I had it for a long time and lost it for a little while, and then eventually found it. I remember my brother had rented it, and I saw him playing it, and I always thought it was like an interesting game, but it didn't make any sense to me. So. Mm-hmm. Around like the late 90s when I started collecting some of the older Nintendo games, I found that. I was like, oh, I totally got to try this out because I remember he played it and really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I always selected my characters based on who had the best music, which is usually the main character, mm-hmm. uh, Michael. Or, uh, yeah, Michael was the main character, yeah, right? Yeah, was my character. Michael. Um, Bernard, right? Did you like Barner, Bernard? Uh, I can't remember his name now. That sucks. Oh, well. Steve Mike, or uh, the, the black guy. I think that was Michael. That was Michael, yeah. Yes. And then, that was Michael, yep. I'm just gonna let you guys decide. I'm not gonna. Yeah, and there was the, was the, the yeah razor. I usually took. So you had you had the one character you always had to take, and yeah. he had the boys are back in town kind of theme song. Yeah. And then Razor and Michael, those were the three that I went with, just because yep. they had the best music, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. But. And let's see what else we got for that. I'm trying to think what else you would have you goofed up on. Um. I mean, that's really about you, it. You, you said that Day of the Tentacle was the the better realized version of what they should have done with the the first game, right? Yeah, Maniac Mansion but it, it was, was very kind different. of yeah. Maniac Mansion was kind of the uh, the guinea pig, I guess. Day of the Tentacle took on the graphics of Day the Day of the Tentacle were more cartoony, um, and the humor was kind of ramped up a little bit. Day of the Tentacle came out in 1993. Yeah, they had a lot more so time they, to kind of perfect that. And that was a lot. Uh, the original Monkey Island had already come out then. Yeah. So, and I, I think the second one had come out in 1991, which also had a better graphics too. Yes. And I think it used that same kind of art style. I, it was even up beyond that. It was, it was more cartoony. Almost. I mean, I, I don't want to say cell shaded, but it was almost that. It's that. It's that drastic of a difference between yeah. standard and standard animation and cell shaded animation. Right. Right. It was that kind of difference. And I never really got into Day of the Tentacle very much. Um, it's it's kind of considered to be the better game between the two, um, but I never really played it a whole lot. I, I actually ended up um, sticking more to games like Fate of Atlantis, Indiana Jones, Fate of Atlantis, the Monkey Island games, Full Throttle, mm-hmm. Dig, which we'll talk about some of those. I know almost all those are Tim Schafer projects. <laughs> all of them are Tim Schafer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, all of them so are the Tim primary, our, our primary <clears throat> history of point-and-click adventures are straight-up Lucas. Uh, I, I didn't play yes. any uh, Sierra games that I know of, at least. Um, it, and I didn't know much outside that because I kind of just relied on you in that era of yeah. games to, like, I just played what you played. Yeah, when I first... Okay, so... As old as I am, '98 was when I really got a decent computer for myself. Yeah, you built it yourself. No, that one I didn't. That oh, one I bought. That one you didn't. Okay. Yeah, that one I bought uh, from Best Buy, um, and that was when I was going off to college. I, I needed a computer, and then I bought. They used to sell these LucasArts game packs, mm-hmm. which come with like eight discs, a bunch of different games in it. This is, this is my favorite. I I still remember the the case. I still have them. All. It's so I love it. It's yeah. just literally it's a it is the best multi pack disc set I've ever I I can remember. Yeah, it had uh Monkey Island mm-hmm. one and two, the dig, full throttle, um Rebel Assault. Yeah, it? Rebel Assault Two. Yep. And Fate, it was Fate of Fate of Atlantis you bought separately. Fate of Atlantis I bought separately. But then it had desktop adventures, right? Yeah it, it had it had it had the desktop adventures of Yoda and Oh Yoda stories. Yoda, Yoda stories. stories yeah yep. Yoda stories. And, and the desktop adventures of Indiana Jones. Yes. And oh, I played those, those so and it was just a, it was just one level from each because they were just samples, mm-hmm. and I played the crap out of those. Man, I the those two games, Yoda Stories and Indiana Jones: Desktop Adventures, were so great. 
just quick puzzle games. Mm-hmm. It didn't take very long to play, maybe 10, 15 minutes each round. It took you a while to figure out what you were doing, at least for at me. First, I remember when yeah. I when I when the first time I tried, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, yeah. but this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> but then it's, it's there's like just a basic concept to it, and it was in the vein of like your, uh, what's it called, 1.5D or, or, or like it was top, top down, down yeah. but like uh, Zelda style, yeah. um, but with a little bit more flair to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all this, all, all the characters were almost like, um, like mini sprites of themselves. Yeah, like, yeah. chibi, yeah, giant so heads, little bodies. Yeah, they were like You'd almost swing like, like, like saber and it just like waggle back and forth. Yeah, the sound effects I remember were really good. Yeah, that game. yeah, yeah. It, those were good games. But anyway, yeah. So that's how kind of I got started playing point and click games. Um, other than well, first it was on the bootleg, the bootlegs that we got at my friend's house, and then later on mm-hmm. when I got my own computer, I bought the actual full versions of the games and played it myself. So before we get too deep into the point and click side, is there anything else anyone else has to correct me on for Maniac Mansion? I'm sure the glitch will have some stuff for us. I know that he right. he, he wanted to. We're not doing a third episode, yeah. about Maniac Mansion. No, no. <laughs> just put but, it on the Facebook group. Yeah, just just let us know what we messed yep. up. But anything else, you guys? No, I'm good. I'm good. I I, I think my issue was you just missed the importance of that and game. i didn't understand it i didn't know what scum sure. was yep it's still used believe it or not scum is still used they have a virtual machine version of it which you can download to any device you can imagine i mean your your ds they have it for the wii and the wii u mm-hmm. the dreamcast you can put it on well it's it's a it's yeah it's a basic it's version a, of your game game engines now so it's real easy to move that around yeah you put it on anything you can you can port it to anything you can imagine and download the ROMs of all of these games, and they'll play perfectly. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, so getting into point-and-click games. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be another one where I'm I'm not going to have a whole lot to talk on because I don't play a lot of these. Uh, are you, it's, th- it's for no no reason other than, like, I just don't. Like, I've tried when uh, Grim Fandango was another one that came out. Mm-hmm. got it free on the PlayStation 4. I tried it out. I got it, I was interested in the characters. The humor was, was there. But I eventually just hit a wall, and it was like, it took so long to walk from one point to another to find like I didn't know what I was doing. Yes, mm-hmm. that I kind of fell out of it real quick. So, so I'm going to give a quick list of the games that we've played. Okay, and then I'm going to kind of go into a basic, kind of hitting on what you just mentioned, the wall, mm-hmm. kind of some some common things with puzzle point and click games that pretty much deta- you know push people away from. So, so growing up, we played Monkey Island. And I played a little bit of Monkey Island too. Yep. Um, I played a little bit of Monkey Island when it was on 360. Monkey, and I think the same thing. I just I hit a wall. Monkey Island was the game I remember the best out of all of those, besides uh, Indiana Jones: The Fate of Atlantis. Yep. Because that was a game that I finished before you did, uh, and I felt really proud of it. Um, well, and then t- hold on. <laughs> technically, so proud. Technically, you finished it <laughs> before I did, as far as the copy we had. I had finished it previously. Oh, okay. With Joe. Yeah. Rewrite on, history on the on that bootleg version. Uh, technically, he finished, but I was there when he we okay. solved it together. Uh, Full Throttle, which is another one you mentioned. Yeah. The Dig. That was the one where you got past it before I. Full, thro- full Throttle or the Dig. Full Throttle. Yes. Uh, full Throttle, the Dig, and then um, I'm trying to remember. I think that was it that I remember playing heavily as point and click games because because there are five monkey island games which is crazy uh are you you're including the telltale, telltale? yeah okay. um but the I, I primarily played that first one so so anyway so so common tropes with point and click puzzle games what xander mentioned so you have a game where you are have a inventory you mm-hmm. have actions, and you have a screen, basically, of what the game is. So you're moving a character around and using different actions on different items and different people and different environments. So, for example, if I wanted to go up to a character that's a pirate and I wanted to say something to him, I would hit talk to, or I would right-click on it and it would say talk to this titled character. Problem with those kinds of things are is you kind of got to think, and I don't want to say differently, but you got to think a lot on what actions do what with what items I have and where I am. And common things are the wall where you end up either brute forcing a puzzle that you don't understand or you just have to backtrack a lot and remember or try different things or try things over and over again in specific ways until you can get past that part. And I know that you've like we've we've had a lot of those with those games that we've played, LPJ and I. Yep. Um but that's a good a good example of typically why people don't play puzzle games or point-and-click games, I would say. Well, I mean, it's different now because the Internet 
has True. all the answers. Back then, the internet didn't have. I mean, there were forums you could go on, mm-hmm. but they were tough to find. And they weren't even forums; they were just like news. Like, yeah, just pages. Yeah, yeah. Pages. and it was tough. It was tough to find the tips that you would need to, you know, quickly get past the. For example, we were playing the dig. <laughs> it's the part where you have to put a restoration crystal, or no, you have to put a. Um, you have to plant a bomb inside of the skeleton of a turtle and then restore it with a restoration crystal well, so okay. you could feed it to the larger animal that would then blow up. So, yeah. So, so for example, the dig, and I'm just going to give a quick quick synopsis of it. Uh, basically, there's a meteor going towards Earth. You're a team of astronauts trying to stop the meteor blowing it up from destroying the Earth. No. Oh, no. Okay. Incorrect. Okay. The meteor. Uh, let me read it directly from Wikipedia then. It wasn't blowing up the Earth. It just appeared in orbit. Um, a radio telescope in Borneo detects the approach of a large asteroid on a collision course with Earth. Authorities dubbed it Attila after the ancient conqueror Attila the Hun. Scientists determined explosive planted on the surface of the asteroid may divert its All right, into fine. a stable orbit Shut around up. the Earth. Shut up. Okay. Fine. So I did Armageddon? some more research. So yes, basically Armageddon. Armageddon, but better. So anyways, there's a spot on this asteroid. At, at one point, you get teleported to a different world, essentially. Yeah, the asteroid ends up being a spaceship. Yes. And it teleports you to a different world. The the crappy part about the puzzle he just mentioned is you literally have to build the alien skeletal system back up in yeah, the, the bones, correct order with its bones. Yeah, the bones are just kind of laying there. <laughs> They're and laying you have there. to piece it together like a jigsaw puzzle. Your only Yikes. frame of reference, I remember, I think, is a drawing on a wall. Yes. And you can't take it with you. <laughs> So like like the idea of this puzzle like like you there's a lot of stretching involved in these puzzles, like like you really some of the, some people really need to have some strong problem solving skills to get some of these things out because yeah you build a skeletal system you place the bomb you restore them back to life and then you the creature that pops out whenever you go into the water eats them and then dies and you can get something from them. It's like solving A B and C and D to get E, just yeah. one thing. Yeah and, yeah and that's how and that's the point of those games. Right, yeah, it's supposed to be think. a trial. Mm-hmm. And they're not supposed to be games that you can beat in, you know, one sitting. Right. Eventually you do. Mm-hmm. But they're not, I mean, they're, they're supposed to make you think. Games where you really need a notepad and paper. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of like yep. the, it's kind of like Dark Souls without the dying. You know, it, it's a game that tries on you and it puts a lot of, like, you have a lot of drive, but you have a lot of failure. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem with point clicks, I remember, is you don't know what the failure is. Because <laughs> a lot of time it's just no interaction. Mm-hmm. No response. Right. And you don't know what you're doing. Do I guess you want to just get into that game real quick? So sure, yeah. So you can go ahead. All right. So so the, that game. This game in particular is one of my favorites. This game is is cool. I mean it. So this game came about. This is written by Steven Spielberg. A concept written by Steven Spielberg, that was originally going to appear as an episode of his series Amazing Stories. I don't okay. know if you remember that or not. Mm-mm. Amazing Stories was a program on ABC. I believe it was ABC, where he would take famous directors and actors and it's almost like a twilight zone right where it just be these sci-fi or fantastical stories that are one shots yeah as you're describing it it sounds familiar i think i may have heard it on a different podcast Mm -hmm. but i don't remember watching it yeah basically it was it was it was a uh, a forum for people to take their sci-fi or fantasy uh short stories or morality tales and make them and, and put them on tv so initially, it was going to be a short story, that, but the, the show got canceled before they had before they had a chance to make it. So then, Steven Spielberg had the script flushed out into a full movie, written written the dialogue written by Orson Scott Card, um, who wrote one of your favorite books was Ender's Ender, Game. Uh, Ender's Game, yep. Ender's Game, and he writes a lot of fantasy novels or a lot of sci-fi stuff. And um, but the studio determined that it was going to be. Very prohibitively <laughs> expensive. cost expensive, you know, very very expensive to make. Mm-hmm. So they decided to scrap it, and so later on, Spielberg said, "Oh, well, we got this. George Lucas has Lucas Games. Why don't I just go make a game out of it?" So he goes and he makes a game out of this thing, and um, it was released in 1995. It was 95, yep, and and it's basically like a mini Spielberg movie that you're playing. It, it's it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and it, and everything in it is very cinematic. And very Spielbergian, just the whole concept of it. And one thing particular with this is the voice acting. 
you had Robert Patrick as the main character, and I don't yeah. know if you're familiar T-1000. with him. The T one thousand. Also, the cop who pulls over Wayne in Wayne's World. Yep. Yes. Stephen Bloom was in there as Doctor Ludger Brink. Uh, Stephen Bloom, of course, uh, Spike Spiegel, the voice actor for Spike. Yeah, Spiegel. he uh, is. I think so. Yeah. Yep, and and any number of things on. Anything you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the point-and-click games, I mean, I guess in this time frame in 1995, had voice acting, but a lot of the ones that we played, like Monkey Island, didn't have any voice actors. The Actually, original. the majority um, of them, even uh, Fate of Atlantis, never had voice acting. That was added, added later on. Yeah, yeah, because it was not anything they really thought about. They, they it, A lot of it was still text-based as far as dialogue goes. Well, they couldn't fit and, it into the game. And right, it's it's very, you, one, expensive. The audio enough. It's expensive, and yeah, you don't have enough space. So this game, if you're looking for a sci- sci-fi movie experience, and you do want to challenge yourself, because it can be difficult at times, uh, I would recommend this highly as one of those games that you would probably play second or third in a list of point-and-click games. Yes. Uh, but uh, the first one I would recommend is, and I know you're gonna, I hope you agree with me on it, Full Throttle. Full Throttle seemed a little bit easier to me than the other ones. See, I would wait to play Full Throttle, too. Full Throttle is really? also very good, though. Full Throttle, actually, Full Throttle is cool because... That was the first game where they removed the whole menu system of walk to, talk to. Mm-hmm. It was all done via right click on a, on a pop-up menu of a skull. And if you wanted to look at something, you would highlight the skull's eyes, and it would look at whatever you pointed to. Or if you wanted to talk to somebody, the mouth would move. If you wanted to touch something, there was a hand that it would touch. Um, but that had really good voice acting, too. Like Mark Hamill was in it. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton Camp was in there. Mark Hamill, Roy Conrad, uh, Jack Angel, and Maurice LaMarche. Yeah, they're Maurice all... Maurice LaMarche, I think, did... Uh, the Brain. Uh, yeah, yeah. A yep. lot of the, the cartoons from that era. Yeah, and Jack yep. Angle did um, almost all the... Tr- most of the Transformers mm-hmm. from the original series, G.I. Joe. They're all... Or know, Angel, sorry. I think I said his name wrong. No, you said it right. Oh, okay. Jack Angel? Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, like very well-traveled voice actors they had in it. And this came out in 1995 as well. It, but I like this one because the aesthetic. So I hadn't seen anything like this before. And I think you would really like this game because Prove of the it. aesthetic. Because it takes place in the year 2040 where motorized vehicles are being replaced by anti-gravitational counterparts, whatever. But basically you're, cars. you're a character who's who drives a sweet hog, just a sweet motorcycle. And it's just basically a bunch of biker gangs that you interact with. It's a lot of beefy, dumb people, but, like, the main character, and I know you're looking at me with that face of dumb people. Why am I into beefy, dumb dudes? No, I'm getting to the point here. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. The main character is exactly like the characters you love, but as the main character. He's gruff. He's he's funny. He's straight to the point, but there's this humor that underlies everything. It's very dry humor, and it, it is it is so great, so great. And they have one of my favorite travel sequences in a game, where when you went from a point A to point B, instead of it just traveling there, you you fought people along the way on motorcycles, and you you literally like kick them. <laughs> so it was like road rash in <laughs> yeah, between. Yeah, exactly. You had you had like uh, iron. Um, Iron, uh, what are they called? Um, brass knuckles. Br- uh, well, brass knuckles, but for a car um, to take the, the wheel off. Why am I blanking on the word? <laughs> oh, tire, tire iron. Tire iron. Sorry. Sorry. Brass <laughs> knuckles for a car. No, tire, you know, yeah. your car decides to punch somebody in the mouth. <laughs> for all those car hands. <laughs> <laughs> Transformers. You had tire irons, chains, and like you could Switch. get. Shut up. You get and you could get better weapons as you beat people along the road. Right. And you had to like fix your bike sometimes. And, yeah. other stuff but it, I, it's I, a good game. I, I like that it. game because it, there's so much it's a lot different than your typical point and click yes which is why I would recommend it first I don't know would you, I would, which I would one would you recommend Monkey Island 100% okay Monkey Island is the quintessential game for point and click um, it, it's really the, the really the I want to say the pinnacle it, it, was, it happened it early, took, it obviously. Took, it took the best of Maniac Mansion yep. with a story, and I know you want to get into this, with a story that I felt was really popular and is still popular these days, is Pirates. Yeah, it's a pirate story. So it came out in 1990, and uh, you can you can yeah. take this. Your, your character, your Guybrush Threepwood, you're kind of a dummy, and you sort of stumble into success. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, you're on the trail looking for looking for a treasure. You well, you want to become a pirate. You want to be yeah. You want to so become a pirate. You're, you're on Melee for... Island, which is one of my favorite names. Right. Uh, and you're tasked basically on this island to accomplish three goals: find buried treasure. Yep. Steal an, a valuable item. Yep. 
and then become a master sword fighter. Yes. And apparently those are the only things you need to become a pirate. Right. Sounds about accurate. And the best part about this game is the humor. Other than it being creative and the, or the environments, the characters, mm-hmm. but the humor is the best part of this game. But it's from a great story, kind of. Like, like it's inspired by great stories. Well, yeah, it's inspired... F- well, Tim Elliott, who... Who uh, or Ted Elliott, Ted Elliott? I'm sorry. Uh, who is who is helping to kind of design the game with Tim Schafer? Um, they based it all on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney, <laughs> and thought, oh, it'd be cool if you could step into that world. And so they were reading games like um, On Stranger Tide, or reading books like On Stranger Tide, which is a pirate book, um, and incorporating all of that into this game. And um, they just kind of wanted like a, a walking adventure of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the aesthetic of the, the ride meeting the strangeness of On Stranger Tides. Right, and, and what's crazy about this is later on after the game was made, they tr- they wrote a script and tried to make it a movie, and then out of nowhere, Disney canceled it. And then three years later, they made Pirates of the Caribbean. So if you look at Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie, mm-hmm a lot of the elements are taken from the Monkey Island games. Really? For example, Orlando Bloom's character mm-hmm. is basically Guybrush Threepwood. Mm. And Kira Knightley's character is basically the female lead of the uh, Monkey Island games. Elaine, right. But she's the governor of Melee Island. And Barbosa looks exactly like the villain like physically looks exactly like the villain from the curse of monkey island and there's other stuff in there too like the uh the swamp they travel in to get to the voodoo lady is almost shot by shot exactly what's in monkey island there's the shrunken head that leads them there that's exactly how I'm you assuming get to that her. was in like the second pirates of the caribbean mm-hmm. movie yeah. see my thing with the pirates of the caribbean movie is i'm for the rest of time i'm just going to convince myself they only ever made the one because I've mean, heard the second and third one, like the second one's okay, the third one's one better. sucks, and then so on and so forth. But I know if I watch the second one, I'm going to want to watch the third one, and I'm afraid that the third one will be so bad that it's going to bar my opinion of the first one. So I'm only, I've only ever seen the first one, and sure. as far as I'm concerned, they've only made that. I one. think you should watch them because nope. you'd appreciate it. Well, yeah, especially well, if you play this. If you play this game, you, and you would want to watch really it. Appreciate it. Yeah, and and the third, well, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie is called On Stranger Tide. Yeah, taken from the book that inspired the game. The that fourth inspired one. the movie. Yeah, yeah, the fourth one. The fourth one. I'm sorry. Yes. But yeah, so they that basically. That was the third one. I'm my. How do you know so much about it? Because he works at a video it? store. Oh, well, or he did. Yeah. My point is, they basically ripped off this game right. to make Pirates of the Caribbean, and then just straight up like, now nah, we're just we may as well just call this next one Monkey Island. Yeah, it was in production. <laughs> the, the Monkey Island game was in production at Industrial Light and Magic. Like they were doing uh, tests as far as like the the special effects go, mm-hmm. and then they canceled it, and then all those special effects appeared in the. Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And so you can get these. So there's five Monkey Island games, four point and clicks. One is the Telltale series that released in 2009, which is kind of a more of a story, uh, more storytelling than point and click. Is the uh, is the fourth one really point and click? It's th- it's 3D. So I guess it is technically. Yeah, they're all, so they're all point and click. So they definitely changed the graphics because they. W- so one and two came out in between one year of each other. Secret of Monkey Island came out in 1990. Curse of Monkey Island, uh, or Secret, or yeah, Curse of Monkey Island, LeChuck's Revenge came out in 1991. Then there was an 11 11 year gap, I think, in between them. Oh no, sorry, six year. So so Curse of Monkey Island came out in 1997. Then Escape from Monkey Island in 2009, and then the Telltale game in 2000. I'm sorry, Escape from Monkey Island in 2000, and Telltale's in 2009. So there is some gaps in there, but you can get the remastered version of the game. Uh, which I think is really cool. It comes with the three-dimensional voice acting, all new graphics for the first one, mm-hmm. but you can in-game switch it to the old one. Yeah. So you can compare on screen what the things look like. Yeah. Uh, and that I was re- the one that I had for 360. I really recommend that because it, it definitely gives you a cool idea of, of the artistic value of the original compared to the mm-hmm. remastering of the new one. And, and I prefer the other one, even though there's no voice acting. The humor in the game fits so much better with the art style and direction of the original version of it than it does with the, the remastered version. Yeah, it really does. Just you because... You just need the whole aesthetic. Yeah. The whole aesthetic, just it works together. And I will mention that one thing in this game that I think uh, should be in more games is insult sword fighting. <laughs> is a, is a, is a game mechanic of the game on basically how you literally fight pirates, is you insult them. 
Yeah, okay. You have to pick the right insult. So, for example, you fight like a dairy farmer. I remember I remember this from the little bit that I played. Yep. So if I told my brother, hey, you fight like a dairy farmer, you would say, how appropriate, you fight like a cow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, There's other ones, too. Yeah. The point is, it's funny. It's a lot of fun. Yes. And then I think that's all the point-and-click games. That we, oh, sorry. The last one we want to talk about was Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Yeah, that was – Fate of Atlantis was a game written by Hal Barwood, um, who uh, was kind of a famous game designer and storyteller. And um, it was kind of non-canon considered the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Um because they had come out with a point and click Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the point But and that click one wasn't didn't... wasn't too popular. As no, it was really good. Was yeah, it was good. I never played it, but it was mm. I, at least I didn't play it as extensively as other ones. But it, it impressed Steven Spielberg enough to say, "Let's make a whole new mm-hmm. adventure game, a whole a whole new separate storyline for Indiana Jones." And it was his hunt to find Atlantis, basically. And one thing that was different in this game that I think most of the point and click games that we played was there were differences every time you play this game. So there are moments in there that are randomly generated as far as which item or which way you could progress the story. So, for example, um, at one point there in the beginning, you can find a certain item I- either in, like, a book a bookshelf or you could find it in the bottom of, like, a pit of, of things. Like, like, there are certain procedurally generated things that will happen, and it helps you progress a story in a different way. So when you play it multiple times, chances are you'll probably play it a different way. Um, also, it had multiple different endings. Yeah, based on you had the opportunity to either take a character with you or leave her back. And if you took her with her, if you took her with you, it was a whole different branching sequence of events uh, versus if you left her back. Um, it was more cooperative if you took her with, with you. Uh, you had to use her in certain situations to accomplish your goal versus um, playing by yourself uh, and, and only being able to rely on your items. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, and we won't spoil it, there's there's different endings that you can literally choose at the end based yeah. on what you do. Yeah, you can get all the way to the end of the game. And lose. And lose. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, which <laughs> I did that. It happened to us the first time we played it. We yeah. lost, and we're like, what? what? happened? What? No, we hadn't saved in a while. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> Back in those days before the autosave. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's kind of our history with point-and-click games. It's, it's it's a little – it's dry unless you're playing, if you've played it. You know, it's kind of hard to talk about them um, because it's it's basically a book. <laughs> it's a book on a computer. Yeah, it's a long-form story. Yeah. It's it's a choose-your-adventure album. Choose it, it, it is, and that's primarily why I love story-driven games is yep. because of these games that, that – Basically, my brother picked out and I played on and then beat before him and ruined them for him um, yeah. were the reason why I love storytelling in, in video games. Yep. Do you think these games are, are a product of their time? Do you think they're something that's easily accessible nowadays just as much as they were now no. or no. were then, I should the, say? You're the, closest, the, the closest thing you're going to get to them is the Telltale series. Yeah. So your, yes. your Wolfenstein ones that they had out, the Tales of the Walking Dead – and I mean, the you can download Back to the Future, you Game can, of Thrones, right? You can download Batman. these old games all on Steam, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you can, you you can, can get, get these pretty relatively easy. You don't have to worry about trying to find the discs and, and trying to get yeah. some certain installs. But actually, were you showing me that humble? Were you the one to show me that humble? Bundle? There was a humble bundle out there with with a bunch of these games mm-hmm. uh, a little games. while back. But uh, yeah, the closest you're gonna get is a Telltale game, and and. I kind of like that there is only this one avenue because they're a really good game company. They develop really compelling stories and games. Um, but I haven't had a chance to play the Monkey Island one. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're to your point. They're 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 slower games. Yeah. I mean, they're, oh yes. They're drawn out games. Games where, I mean, you got to sit and really work the game. Yeah, you have to have the patience to actually sure. to sit and through. And most people don't. No, mm-hmm. and you are and you are rewarded for having that patience. Like well, I, sure. I'm so that's like Monkey Island. Like I bought it when it came out. I was like, I've heard so many good things about this game, and like I said, I hit that wall. And I'm I would love to see the rest of the story. I'd love to just understand what what the rest of it was. I just don't have the drive to yeah, do it. Yeah, it's not a game you. I can, feel I do feel like I'm missing out. You Sorry. can't grind through the game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a so a lot of games these days are muscle reactions. They're instant gratifications of like I shoot and I kill. With this, it, it's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. So you're building to the story instead of building to the moment. Yep. Which, which, why I like, why I like, it's like them a reading, lot. It's like reading a book. Yeah. yeah. So most people don't do that anymore. If if I had to pick one specifically, I would say that I feel like people would really enjoy getting into besides Monkey Island because of the staple. I would say Full Throttle. Um, I'd say Fate of Atlantis. 
it, it, that's a fun story, especially because it, it ties to Indiana Jones. It was yeah. very pop culture. Mm-hmm. Very popular. So it's kind of our deal for, for point-and-click games. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know on the Facebook page what yep. you think. Uh, so, yeah, the, so we do have the, the Facebook group for Legend of Retro. All you have to do is jump on, look us up, uh, and then uh, send us a request. It's closed now. Uh, just so we don't get bots and everything like that. Uh, but just send us a request. We'll let you in and then talk about whatever retro things pop up. Um, we do want to jump into retro relapse today uh, to kind of... The idea was to fix the retro relapse of last time. Um, what did we play again? What was that really uh, rough? Last time? Yeah. Or this time? No, for uh, for um, when we did the, the inferior Maniac Mansion episode. Um... Whatever was it, was it was, was it, it the was rival it fury? fury? Was it the street? The no, no, one? that was that was a long time ago. Anyway, the one we picked last time wasn't great. Um, was it Ultraman? Ultraman, yes, oh. that's what it was. No, no, Ultraman wasn't it. No? no, see, we do these episodes out of order, and it just totally screws with us. Whatever, it wasn't as good, I guess, as this game. No, it was Ultraman. No, it I'm wasn't. pretty sure it was. No, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. Anyway, Anyways. there was a game that I wanted to play. Uh, Pink goes to Hollywood, and so we gave it a shot, and so that's our retro relapse this week. Let's get into it. So we finally got to play Pink goes to Hollywood. The game you've been wanting to play, which I regret. Well, even when I grabbed it last time, Jade was like, oh, I love this game. I used to play it all the time. Now, hold on. Do you need to specify? Pink as in Pink Panther, not Pink as in The Singer. The Singer, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's not Pink the Singer. Yeah, it's, it's not the Singer. They look the same. It's the, not both her. Pink. It's the Pink Panther. You uh, know that cartoon that everybody was watching when the Genesis was out. And then Steve Martin made really good movies. Oh yeah, and then it became something else. Yeah. But yes, Pink Nasty and Axe was the game we played last. Oh okay. Oh Nasty Axe. Nasty Axe. Good old Nasty Axe. The Pink Panther. Basically, it's pretty much what he is. He's a pink panther. Yeah. And the background is pink. Yes. And the foreground is So the idea, I'm assuming, of this game, so we didn't get too far into it because it was almost unplayable, um, (laughs) was uh, you're the pink panther, and you start in a kitchen for some reason, and you're really, really tiny. Um, And then you enter a door, and you're in the background of a Hollywood set, and you enter another door, which leads you to uh, Polter Pink, which is like a, a haunted level. So I'm assuming you go through kind of different levels based off of classic movie tropes like horror movies, sci-fi, and what Caveman. Yeah, yeah, most likely. It was the second level. Caveman, I think. Um, I don't even know. But the controls were atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, I would press a button, and two seconds later I would finally jump. And it made the platforming aspect of this game... Just ridiculous. You and you would say this game is basically primarily a platformer. Yes, absolutely. It's um, 100% platformer. Yeah, there no, were I, know. Some I was hidden, underlying that joke. Some hidden walls. <laughs> um, we all died a bunch. There are enemies that you can't hit with your punching gun. Oh, yeah. You, the, the Pink Panther doesn't punch himself. Yeah, he's it's got a, a gun that shoots out a fist a, and retracts. A boxing glove. Because he's a cartoon character, mm-hmm. and all cartoon characters have those weapons. So, yeah, there's a lot of platforming involved. But then there's, it, at a point... Where we hit a wall, literally, and multiple times, yeah, we're struggling to find out what to do. Mm-hmm. And Jade from the background goes, "Have you tried pressing up at a bookshelf?" As if that's a common thought you would have playing this game. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, the one bookshelf that Xander stood in front of, he pressed up on and went was a and secret beat, door and beat now, the level. She was sitting there watching us play the for a, for a good ten minutes, the whole ten time. minutes, the whole time, maybe and, fifteen. Yeah, and, and claiming, "Oh, I loved this game when I was a kid." And she even mentioned a level that we weren't in. Yeah, yeah. and so we're like, okay. "So we knew that she so, had played it." So she had gone through at least the first level, and then and all of a sudden she's we were like, ready to oh, give yeah, up. Oh yeah, they had a whole the old bookshelf trick. Yeah, like that's an obvious trope. Right. So needless to say, the game doesn't explain anything. No. <laughs> There's no explanation of, of how to interact with things. No. There's one button on there that doesn't even do anything. Yep. And so it's, it's for the Sega Genesis. We should mention that. Yeah, it's, I don't even know. No one should buy this game. No one should even know what system this has come out on. Apparently it came out on NES too, or no? No. Was it someone else's internet? That was uh, Spot. A, spot, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't play this game. Don't spend your time and money. Yeah, and just forget that we are. It was about it was really rough. Um, Honestly, I don't think anyone is really clamoring to get or we see this game. We didn't mention the um, phone booth 
So <laughs> you're carpet in a, ride. You're in a second level of of kind of like a caveman setting. No, it was a it was a science no, it was lab. The, yeah, the Frankenstein. Was one. it? It just yeah. it looked like it rock. Like a, no, it was, nope, like Frank, it was like was wood. It to be wood. Yeah, it looked like rock to me. Sorry. And so, Travis was playing a completely different game than us. I was hoping it was a different game. Well, the game was kind of numbing. Yeah. There was a item that you picked up. Mm-hmm. That it looked, looked like, like a, a bird. Bow tie. Or a bir- like, I thought it was a bow tie. I thought it was a bird. It was pink. You have no idea say. what it does. You start hitting buttons and nothing happens and you keep going. And eventually you stand on one platform that's just like all the others. Yep. And a pink phone booth looking thing comes up. And you, of course, instinctively press up. And you ride a magic carpet. Yes, the phone booth spits out, spits out a magic carpet. Yep. That as, you then fly. As they do. And then you fly this magic carpet to, to a top, specific point. To the top of the screen and a little bit over to the right, and then you can't use it. Yep. It literally disappears once you get to the spot. It's mm-hmm. for one They area. could have built one more platform and not had to program all that other stuff yep. in. But they did, and we still died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this game was a stinker. That, that is literally all there is to the game. Yeah. There might, there might have been more levels. No, there wasn't. No. There was a fun... My favorite part was the tree that you stood on, and then he started tickling your feet. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so there's a tree you couldn't hit with your punching gun that if it ran into you, you took damage, it would swipe at you, and we found out you could stand on top of it, and we stood on top of it for too long. It reached up and, and like tried grabbing you. It just literally looked like it was tickling your feet, Yeah. and you got knocked off. Turns out it's a mobile platform. Yeah. Yep. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Dumb. So on a, on a scale of one to eight, eight-bit scale, I'd give this game a one. Yeah. One. One. It's not good. The, the you could tell and this was, game was not good because on the back of the cartridge it said for use to test systems. Yeah, <laughs> like let's just make sure it works and nothing else. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah that, that was uh, that was retro relapse. So we were we were, I guess we were better off playing Astinax. I guess so. But I think that day we had played Ultraman, which we'll get into in another episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a choice between Ultraman and Pink Goes to Hollywood. And to be honest, I think Pink Goes to Hollywood was the better choice over Ultraman. It's hard to decide. It's hard because they were both garbage. It's very hard to decide. Yeah, we gave both of them uh, one. The, Spoiler alert. The viewers shall decide that. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to wrap up Red uh, Retro Relapse. It's also going to wrap up Legend of Retro. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on about Point and Click Adventures or Pink Goes to Hollywood before we bid the world adieu? Um, I would say, bless you, and play play Monkey Island, and you will appreciate the Pirates of the Caribbean movies a lot more. Yes, and they're the missing Pirates out. of the Caribbean movie. They've only made one. Yeah, right, the only one. Right. Uh, and also play if you have any suggestions for point and click games. Let us know. I would love to hear. I know I haven't played any of the King's Quests, and I would like to try some of those. Yeah. I hear those ones are a little bit rougher because they have a lot of you die sequences. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of my last thought. I don't want to jump us up back on another another uh, tangent, but uh, Grim Fandango. Yep. You guys I, have, you, I played yeah, a little played. bit of it. I remember hearing a lot of you guys really enjoying that, and that's what made me want to uh, play it so bad. I, he recommended it, and I ended up downloading it, and he has it available for my PS3, uh, but I never played it. Okay. Seemed interesting enough. but Yeah, I, I enjoyed playing it, um, and it has a certain aesthetic to it. Uh, it's very film noir which is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it was the last game that Lucasfilms made. Lucasfilms oh. made. So it was kind of <clears throat> the pinnacle of their technology. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and it's a good game. I never got a chance to finish it just because other things came up and I never got a chance to finish it. But right. it's a good game. Cool. Uh, well, I think that wraps it up. LPJ, thanks for coming on yeah, and uh, correcting here. us. Well, you know, I guess or I'm going to have to quality control... All your episodes now. So. Well, it's always nice to have an extra set of ears. I'm sure I'll be back. We'll Probably. See. We'll see about that. I do want to plug Detroit Beer Collective. Yes. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout. You can save 20% off. Orders of $25 or more. Also, listen to the GameZilla podcast mm-hmm. every Tuesday and the GameZilla Alpha show mm-hmm. on Sundays. Or earlier if you are a Patreon uh, patron. Yes, so go to patreon.com slash MotorCityGaming and you can see... No, sorry, it's GameZilla. GameZilla yep. And you can become a patron over there and get some cool content as far as like uh, special Discord channels for when they're live streaming the show on Mondays and early access as well as raffles. So mm-hmm. you can see a lot of cool stuff also at MotorCityGaming.com. Go there, listen to the show. You can also listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those places. But we have some cool blogs and some great stuff on their Facebook page as well. Yep. All right. And so let that be a lesson... To not mess up. 
okay, yeah, I'm taking away some things from this. Okay. So, good. Thank you. Stop poking your nose in the microphone there, LPJ. I'm, I'm, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Never Perfect. Mind. Uh, well, we you. will see you all next time when the legend continues. A different song takes us No, what's the Pink Panther one? This game is unplayable. Don't get it. It's really terrible. The backgrounds are the same as the foreground. So my character looks just like the background. So you can't tell where he's going. Let's end the show. I brought it out of dialogue, not on lyrics. This is gonna be a big correction that we're gonna hear about. Cotton candy bubble yum.